So, Harry, mm-hmm. if you were to join the cast of a freak show, yeah, much like the one in this film, yeah, what would your act be? I would be the most handsome person in the world. The world's handsomest man. That that's yeah. that's the act. That's know. that's my act. Yeah. So what what, what mean, are you pe- doing? Pe- pe- people come to see a show. They come to see like a a man who's super hairy, a man who's super tattooed. Well, what about just the most handsome man alive? So what what are you doing in this act then? Just standing you just, there. You just walk just, out. Yeah, just walk out, strike a pose. Sure. Naked. Mostly. Okay. Just showing off what I got, really. Sure. Okay, great. Well, I'm sure that would really pack in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know why you're wasting time on this podcast, frankly. Hiding <laughs> <laughs> your lights under a bushel, babes. Okay, so. podcast over. I've got a new career idea. <laughs> Some films are fine, just the way they are. Other films sometimes take it way too far. But really, how? How bad could it get? Let's go beyond. Beyond the bug set. Welcome back, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where today we are pitching prequels, sequels, and spin-off ideas to Terrible Financial Decisions, the movie. <laughs> yes. We'll also be pitching some drinking games and hearing from our listeners with the ideas they've posted on Facebook and Twitter. But first, we're going to talk about some of our favourite moments from the original movie and catch up with a bit of a plot summary. I am Harry, the host with the most financial endeavours. This is true. You, Harry has become dangerously addicted to the stock market lately. Are you one of those Redditors? Have you read that story this week about all the people on Reddit who broke the stock market? Uh, no. What's, what's, what's this oh, it's, about? It's too complicated to explain, but basically a bunch of people on Reddit... Is this about this meme cryptocurrency that's done extremely well? I don't know. I don't understand how the stock market works, but <laughs> basically a bunch of people on Reddit figured out how rich people play the stock market. It's mm-hmm. something called shorts. Do you know what shorts are? Never heard of it. No. I don't mean the things that you wear, like pants. I don't mm-hmm. mean like it's a thing. Anyway, some people on Reddit figured out how to play with the stock market and they did something that broke the stock market by investing in a ba- basically a bunch of billionaires went bankrupt. Look it up. It's Where? a big news story this week. Yeah, yeah I did get a notification on my app saying like, you, you're no longer allowed to invest in GameStop or That's, AMC. Yes, that was the one. Yeah, they were the two. They yeah. were the two businesses that a bunch of Reddit people just did crazy investments on. Well, yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know more, anything about it other than that. I don't understand how the stock market works. I don't I don't fuck with the stock market. That's not mm-hmm. my game. But um, yeah, I can well imagine you getting into that world because you have become a bit, a bit crazed with the stocks lately. Well, anyway. Yeah. Um, bit of a sidebar, but you brought it up. So. To carry on. Mm-hmm. And joining me as always, the host with the most stable income is John Lucas. Yes, I'm very happy with my monthly income. No, <laughs> no gambling for me. <laughs> Not anymore. Speaking of income, just a little heads up, everybody. I'm a little pissed off because I just lost a game of Monopoly against a computer. And I'm I'm dead bitter about it's it. It's the worst thing that's happened to Harry in months. Yeah. So, he, he lives a hard life. So I apologise if I'm in a bad mood for this podcast, but yeah. uh, I don't like the computer. It got Mayfair in all the houses and I landed on Mayfair. Well, you know, well, at least you've got this film. Yeah. yeah. Great. Can't wait to talk about this. Can't wait to rip the shit out of this movie. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's my angle this uh, this week okay sure what about you where, where, where do you land on this film uh so well a bit of context we're doing the greatest showman because yes. you didn't even introduce it properly but i understand why everybody it's in the title of i the know episode. Okay. who doesn't know Come sure on. okay well just to say though this was a patreon pick so you yeah know, let's give it some due respect mm-hmm. this is from ollie and his girlfriend jess requested this yeah uh, and they wanted to hear us talk about it so uh strap in guys because here we go <laughs> yeah i remember seeing this film with mm. you we saw because it, it's not 
that old. We were actually, we were podcasting when this film came out. This is yeah. fairly recent. It's from 2018, I think. May have actually re- reviewed this already on our We Patreon did, page. I remember. Well, yes. But I remember us going to see this mm. back in the before times when there were cinemas and late night bars and we mm-hmm. went and we went to see this just with no expectations yeah. and i remember us both going to the pub afterwards or going to the bar afterwards north bar remember those days mm-hmm. and just being completely gobsmacked by it i think we were both like what the fuck was that <laughs> 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 and then it made like a hundred million dollars if not more and it yeah. the soundtrack was number one for like a year and it became yeah. a huge sensation so what do we know like, yeah yeah i know <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed rewatching this film. I mean, I did too. Yeah. I think that's the thing. This film is absurd, <laughs> yeah. but it moves along at a clip and it's very entertaining. Yeah. You just have to switch your brain off a little bit and all critical faculties. I'd say the best part of this film is also the worst part of this film. Go on. I'll explain the best part of it initially. And that is that this film is quick. Yes, it really does move along. It's an hour 45 and it never slows down. I was really surprised because... I remember thinking, oh, this film must have been... It feels like a lot's happened, but mm. I feel that I must have at least an hour after this. Oh my God, there's only 15 minutes. What a treat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really zipped along, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, that, I just found that a really good part of this film. And I'll get mm. on to why that's the worst part of the film later. Yes, I think I know what, you, what you're getting at with that. But yeah. I agree. Well, for me, the best part of this film is that it is a musical. Yeah. In the, in the old school best sense of a musical in that it is... A bunch of people lip syncing, which is what, it, as God intended for musicals. Because <laughs> you know what, like in recent years, there's been musicals like Les Mis, and yeah. I know that's older than this film, but Les Mis and La La Land, where you yeah. get people who can't really sing, mm-hmm. or some who can, like Hugh Jackman can definitely sing, I'll mm-hmm. give him that. But making them all sing live on screen just to show that they can, and it's just always bad. Yeah. Like in Les Mis, it's really, you've got your Russell Crowe, who's, can't, you know, that's it. The people who can sing are lip syncing for their lives while they yeah. dance. People who can't sing are just lip syncing to someone else's vocal. And yeah. that's what I, I'm fine with that. Rebecca Ferguson clearly can't sing well as well as that girl who sang that song. So mm-hmm. someone else lip synced it. That's fine. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Yeah. They could have done it for Michelle Williams too, but you can't have everything. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she, wasn't, she didn't really have... She only has one song. It's yeah, fine. And she's not really on screen for most of it. No, I mean, she talk she, about a thankless role. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> She plays I, wife. I really feel for Michelle Williams because mm-hmm. I think I've seen her in three films. I've mm-hmm. seen her in this. I've seen her in Venom. Oh, was she in Venom? She was in Venom as well. Okay, four films. Okay, um, Brokeback Mountain. Oh yeah, and Manchester by the Sea. Yes. Now I don't really remember Manchester by the Sea, but in the others, she pretty much just plays wife or girlfriend of somebody who is not interested in her. It's <laughs> <Yes>, very true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, they're, 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 not, they're not all bad films this is this yeah. proper mountain is an amazing film mm-hmm. venom it's a surprise hit yeah yeah sure um but like yeah she plays the same role in all of them well in manchester by, by the by, sea by, by my definition well in manchester by the sea she plays wife of somebody who burns down their kids so right. it's, yeah. <laughs> again yeah she, she plays a lot of long-suffering wives definitely. yeah she seems to be stuck in that rut a little bit um yeah she's not a good singer is she no has she, has she got any uh any films where she's not that Yes, she played Marilyn Monroe in a really boring Marilyn Monroe film. Oh, was, was that the one with Eddie Redmayne? Yes. My Week with Marilyn? That? Yes, My Week with Marilyn, yeah. I, I did just like. saw it in a video recently. It wasn't very good. Um, she's had a few good films. She was in a, f- a very depressing film called Blue Valentine with Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. It's good, but Christ. Um, she does a lot of Oscar-y stuff, like Oscar Beatty. Well, she got nominated for Brewer Mountain. She yep. got nominated for Marilyn. Mm-hmm. And she got nominated for Manchester by the Sea. So right, she okay. floats around. I've not, I think she has done good films, but I've not really seen 
I love them. Mm. There's one where she's like got a dog that's supposed to be very good. Okay. Like that, that's it. That's all I know. She has a dog. <laughs> it's sad, apparently. <laughs> I'm guessing the dog doesn't survive, but I can't couldn't tell you for sure. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. She, cool. She's not really an actress who jumps out at me very much. But, uh, yeah. And certainly in this, she she's very much a background role. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I wish they had let her lip sync because her voice was distractingly not as good as everyone else's. Mm. Yeah. Who was actually singing? So. Yeah. But yes. I appreciate that yeah, everyone in this film, there's no Russell Crowe in this film. Like she's, she's not, <laughs> Michelle Williams is disappointing, but she's not Russell Crowe. She can, she can carry a tune in a bucket, you know, yeah. she's, she's, she's somewhere in the realms of professionalism. I thought that it did help that maybe this was deliberate that, uh, like I've said, when she's singing, she's not really on screen very much. It's yeah. more a bit of music to go over a montage. It's a lot so, of fast cuts. Yeah. So, so like you're concentrating on the montage. You're not really concentrating on her singing. It's yeah. not, it's not like what's her face who gets up on stage and sings that song about. Yeah. Well, also whatever. Michelle Williams has the most boring song in this film. Yeah. Cause like every song in this film was like a big hit and is very memorable and is a mm. huge EOM apart from Michelle Williams, sad little end of marriage song that nobody ever remembers. Mm -hmm. It's called tightrope. Could you hum it? No, never could I. Not even slightly. No. Whereas everything else is, you know, very, very popular. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, Michelle Williams. But yes, everyone can sing more or less. And also like in La La Land when everyone's singing, but it's really mumbly. It's just like La La Land. That's my impersonation of that film. There wasn't even a song called La La Land in that film. That's not how it goes. No, but it was something like that. It was just really mumbly. I hate this thing in modern musicals where the musical numbers are really muffled and the sound mixing's all off. This film, that's not a problem. They are singing loud. They are well mixed. It's a whole production that I enjoyed. Okay. You've not mentioned auto-tune at all. Oh, it's hugely auto-tune, but that's fine. That's part of what I enjoy. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Whatever works. Okay. Yeah. Do you enjoy that as like you're enjoying a good thing or you're enjoying a bad thing? Because like I know that you enjoy some bad things. Sure. I, I don't mind auto-tune. If it gets the performance to where they need to be, yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sure. I, I, I understand that when somebody can't quite sing the notes properly and they need the auto-tune to basically help them out because sure. they're an actor over a singer. Mm -hmm. But somebody like Hugh Jackman, we all know that he can get the notes, but he was heavily auto-tuned in this. True. Well, yeah. the whole, all the songs are incredibly anachronistic and really distractingly like modern pop, which is yeah. very auto-tuned. Yeah, yeah. That's, it, it, they don't sound like, you know, most musicals that are set in the past, the songs sound vaguely like of the time. Like, mm. you know, they'll, they'll be like beer hall numbers or they'll be, you know, jazz songs or, or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. But these songs are, it's like, this film is set in the 19th, 18th century. I mean, it's unclear. This film Victor has no sense. Victorian era. It, yeah, of course, because Queen Victoria has a cameo. Yeah. How could I forget? Yeah. So yeah, it's set in the past, but yeah. all the songs are like Kelly Clarkson ballads. They're yeah. all just like radio to, you know, pop songs. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is weird, but it makes the auto-tune kind of fit, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And the songs, they do have a very sort of recognizable sound. Mm -hmm. Like you'd hear one of these songs out of context and you'd know that this is from The Greatest Showman. It sounds like it's from The Greatest Showman. Yeah. I, I think that's why this film is so successful. Yeah. Because it wasn't successful for its plot. <laughs> like if you can tie to, if you can tie the scrappiest, the loosest scraps of a plot mm -hmm. to a solid six or seven really good musical numbers, mm -hmm. you've got a film. Yeah. And this film proves that. Yeah. So it's all you need sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, Mr. Bennett from the Herald. Come to take in another show, huh? Tell me, Mr. Varnum, does it bother you that everything you're selling is fake? Do these smiles seem fake? Doesn't matter where they come from, the joy is real. So you are a philanthropist? Ah, oh, hyperbole isn't the worst crime. Men suffer more from imagining too little than too much. The creed of a true fraud. 
Mr. Bennett, when was the last time you smiled? I had a good laugh. A real laugh. Theater critic who can't find joy in the theater. Now who's a fraud? So do you want to try to do a plot summary? I mean, sure. I mean, let's see if it, you can space it out more than ten seconds. The plot is, <laughs> it barely exists. Really, like <laughs> nothing in this film has any consequences. Did you Not notice that? Like, no. <laughs> like a lot happens, but nothing really sticks. Yeah. Like, oh no, the the thing burnt down. And what are we gonna do? Oh, I guess Zac Efron has loads of money. Okay. I yeah. guess no one's really bothered about that. Like. Yeah. <laughs> everything just really whizzes by which yeah. is not i mean i'm glad this is not the kind of film that needs to dwell on stuff no, no like we said the fact that it moves along is its greatest strength in many mm-hmm. ways but nothing about this plot matters that's all no. but nevertheless i will do my best <laughs> so the greatest showman mm-hmm. came out in 2017 i think sure it is a heartwarming tale about how an able-bodied white man crawled over the backs of a bunch <laughs> of uh, disabled people and you know unfortunate people <laughs> On his way to fame and fortune. Yeah. That's basically the plot. Yeah. So, but yes, we... And believe it or not, that's the, the, the nicer version of the of the true tale. Oh yeah, if you want to get into that. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. It is ostensibly a biopic of P.T. Barnum, yeah. who was a real person. I don't think this film, having watched this film twice now, I don't think I know anything about the real life, anything more about the real life in terms of P.T. Barnum, who he was, what his personality was, yeah. what he did in his life. I don't think I knew any more now than I did before I'd ever seen this film. Because mm-hmm. this film is not concerned with anything resembling biographical accuracy. Not it's at all. just a bunch of nonsense. It seems to make him a massive dickhead for entirely made-up reasons as opposed to the true reasons. That's yeah. not a complaint. No. Because they got a fun film out of it. Sure. But like... He doesn't come off well in this film. He doesn't, but I, I've also read some Wikipedia articles and the real guy seems a lot worse. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, he didn't buy a black slave in this movie and let people watch her autopsy for money. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Wow. He didn't boil whales alive. Bloody hell. Yeah, it was not a nice... Well, he didn't deliberately boil the... In the, in the fire scene... That, did you the, accidentally boil a whale alive? No, well, in the, in, the, in the film when there's the fire... Yeah. And all the animals just run out... Oh, right, yeah. It, there was a fire. His, his circus did burn down and he had whales. And uh, yeah, they all got bored alive. Wow. That's really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. That's a bit of a downsy note. But yeah, uh, in this film, no no whales were harmed. Mm-hmm. And all the animals are CGI. So yep. everything's fine. Yep. Um, <laughs> we'll get to the CGI. <laughs> but yes, so we open in some time. Who cares? We open in time. Hugh Jackman is mm-hmm. now a little boy. So yep. it's a little boy playing a young Hugh Jackman, I should say. Yep. And he is very poor. Yep. And he's working. His dad does some kind of job. He's a tailor. He's a tailor. Okay, he's a tailor. And his dad works for a wealthy guy, I guess. So he meets. Mm. A, he basically meets a, a wealthy young lady. Yeah. And it's love at first sight. And the young lady's rich father disapproves of the match. And he gets mm. kind of slapped around the face and kicked out of the house and onto the streets. Mm-hmm. His dad dies of something. And yeah. he ends up as like a street searching kind of thing. And he gets... Yeah. He's on the street. He tries to steal a loaf of bread and he gets caught and he gets beaten up and he's lying in the gutter. Mm-hmm. And then a person with severe facial disfigurements mm-hmm. hands him an apple, mm-hmm. a little kindly gesture between people who are unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And he looks at this guy and the cogs start wearing. He's like, I can exploit these people. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's his origin story, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Then it's a it's a hard cut to what must be 35 to 40 years later. Yes, I had questions about this. How yeah. old is Hugh Jackman supposed to be at the start? How old is he supposed to be at the end? I, I, How much time passes? Yeah, it's it, it, it's crazy. So there's this time jump here where suddenly I'm like, okay, how old is Hugh Jackman? How old is Michelle Williams? Yeah. Um, there's what, 
cool 15 years in real life between them yeah it's 12 actually 12 okay fine. um because yeah like i'm uh, you know I, i'm not bothered about the age difference between these two there's mm-hmm. been way worse in no recent, it's fine in, in yeah. recent films that we've done 12 years is absolutely fine the thing that really got me is that in this montage of that contains the time jump he then goes back to michelle williams's house knocks on the door her dad answers he's not aged a day no he's nobody still, ages in this film he, he's still about 60 yeah. like he was about that age he looked he looked about that 60 he was the mm. same actor in the start of the movie 40 years later <laughs> he is still the same he would be dead he'd be long dead yeah even today he'd be dead let alone with like victorian medical yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> let alone before penicillin you yeah know? um so well i think that, Hugh Jackman... that, that, that that really threw me off and then there's another time jump after that because then they've got kids like yeah. and one of them is probably pushing 10 yeah so then it's been god knows how much longer mm-hmm. and that dad is still there he's he still, still kicking, exactly yeah. the same he's still kicking right to the end yeah <laughs> well also how long do the events of this film like from starting the show and yeah until the very it seems like it's a, a while a lot happens to him. Yeah. He builds up multiple businesses. You yeah. know, he builds up his museum, then he builds up his circus, then he builds up his act with Jenny Lind and it all falls apart. And yeah. then, you know, all of this happens and his children don't age a day. Nope. His children stay the same age throughout. He mentions it once. Does he? He, he? Like when he when when he gets back to them, he's like, oh, stop growing. I know, they, they clearly have not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so, like, drink for time jumps. There are oh, so sure. many yeah. time jumps in this movie that are just mm. never brought up. Yeah. So things like, the Queen of England invites them over sure, yeah. for whatever reason, which yeah, this which, is... which which seems quite odd to me. That like they're you know they've got a successful show in like New York or something. Mm-hmm. It's not super successful. I mean, he's bought a golden house. <laughs> well, yeah, but with what turns out to be just a massive loan from the bank. Oh, okay, sure. But yeah, so it's enough for the Queen to invite them over. Yeah, sure, whatever. But it's never mentioned that like, well, how do they get to Britain? That's a good how point. They, that's how do they get to Buckingham Palace? Three planes, like, that's like a cool three-month journey. That's yeah. like, you're on, a, you're on a boat for a while if you want to get between America yeah. and England. Yeah. And then back. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. Huge amount of time must have passed in this movie, but yeah. it's not ever addressed. No. So, <laughs> Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, as we mentioned, <laughs> Hugh Jackman ages up to somewhere between 17 and 50. Mm-hmm. It's unclear. But he's now played by Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and despite the fact that they were... <laughs> Hugh Jackman, somewhere between 17 and 50. Yeah, that's, that's what they go for. I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. Um, <laughs> likewise, Michelle Williams. Yeah. They're supposed to be the same age. When they're kids, they're clearly the same age. Yeah. As adults, mm, questionable. Like you say, there's been worse. It's not, yeah. a Mar- it's not a Margot Robbie Will Smith situation, but it's, you know... It's not a Jet Nixon, Helen Hunt situation. Indeed, there's definitely been worse. That one, that one made me physically sick. Yeah, that, that was one of the worst ones for yeah. sure. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm fine with it because, like... He's a very good-looking man. He could probably be actually 10 years younger than he is. Oh, sure. And she could be a little bit older than she is. Oh, meow. But yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know what you're getting at. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. They, they don't look unnatural as a couple. They nah. look fine. But nah. it's still funny to me. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> we reach... Yeah, they reach adulthood. He's now working in some kind of like very standard job. Like he's in an office. Um, yeah. Something weird happens where him and all his colleagues get fired because of some boats sink. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I think they work for like a trading company or something. Let's just, sure. let's just assume this. Okay. It's a trading company and, you know, their trading is by sea. Yeah. And all their boats are apparently all in the same place mm-hmm. um, in the South China Sea and they all sink. They all sink at once. That's yeah. that's very unfortunate. Yeah. Maybe there was an iceberg. Yes. Yeah. 
anyway. Maybe it was a really badly planned business. It, se- it doesn't seem great. But <laughs> So he, he gets fired and he goes back to his wife and her, the kids are very... But he does also, as he gets fired, he just quickly sneaks away the, the deeds to the boats. He does, yes. Don't know how he got hold of them so easily and quickly, but uh, it's not important. I guess nobody was looking for them at this no. point. You know, the boats have sunk. Nobody's yeah. looking for the. No one wants to claim those apart from him. But he goes back home and his family are living in some kind of tiny little flat or bed sits on, mm-hmm. on on a very high rise like it's like a block it's like an yeah. apartment block and she's like hanging the wash out and the kids are running around on this like b- building roof with what looked like very very little in the way of supports why was she hanging a washing up in the middle of the night also a good point i was more <laughs> concerned about the children running around on this roof playing tag when there was like a sheer drop yeah in every direction but you're right i also, mean in one of the musicals there is Literally a moment where Michelle Williams jumps off the side of the of the building, but he catches her just in time. That's a that's a thing. True, yeah. Everything about this <laughs> screams accidental death. But yeah. So he has to tell his wife that he's been fired, and she's perfectly supportive of it. It's mm-hmm. not the first time, clearly. But and it's also his little girl's birthday, and yeah, yeah. So he he feels bad. He wants to give them more in life. That's kind of his mm-hmm. his whole thing. Is because he grew up poor, and Michelle Williams grew up rich. He feels like he needs to give her. The whole world and he feels really mm. bad that the fact that he doesn't make any money he's not from any kind of wealthy background so mm-hmm. that's his driver so that drives him to go to the bank to try and get a loan f- to start his own business and he does mm-hmm. this by basically defrauding the bank he claims that yeah. they're his boats and that they haven't sunk yeah and somehow the bank gives him a ten thousand pound loan or something yeah which he uses to set up a museum mm-hmm. overnight i think so i was under the impression that he just bought it like from Ikea? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like well, it just... Well, no, no, no. I said like it was somebody else's failed business. Okay. And he just bought it. Yeah, because he tells Michelle Williams, oh, by the way, I got this loan from the bank. It's the first she's heard of it. Yeah. And he's like, well, come we'll see what I spent it on. Yeah. And it's a fully functional museum. Yeah. With like, like stuffed animals from around the world. And, yeah. And but like, so, but like, but like signs printed and everything that yeah. say like P.T. Barnum's Museum or whatever it is. Yeah, it is a bit. It's a bit of a jump there. Yeah, drink for time jumps and yeah. unexplained time. What does she think he's been doing all this time? I, I don't know. What's he been telling her? I don't know. So anyway, he sets up this museum and it bombs. Yeah. Nobody comes to see it, and he's very depressed. He's he's lost all of their money. It's not looking good, mm-hmm. and he's tucking his little girl in, and his little daughter says something along the lines of, "Well, you need something that's alive and it's fresh. You know, there's nothing living in your museum, and that that's what gives him the idea." Mm to start looking at hunting down some freaks yeah well first of all in the bank oh he runs into he sees the the little person yeah the person with dwarfism yes yeah and well first of all he's just like oh my god that guy's so weird yeah that's strange what's that about and it's just really it's just it's really an appropriate face towards it really. oh sure yeah and uh yeah then he comes up with the idea that's like hey i i thought that was really interesting maybe other people will think that was really interesting mm-hmm. i'll get him to go and stand in front of people and they pay me money yes and so yeah and then that's his it. idea is born yeah and he starts, um, he starts recruiting, for want of a better word, freaks, people mm-hmm. with, you know, abnormalities. So um, he, ha- well, he has some people with like genuinely interesting abnormalities. You know, we get the bearded lady, yeah. we get uh, dog man, we get like the Irish giant, we get the fattest man in the world. Sure. He didn't seem that fat. Like, no. he, he just seemed like he was, yeah, he's pretty fat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe that was the joke. But yeah, it seemed like it was half people with legit abnormalities and half Black people with funny hair, <laughs> basically. Like, and it, it wasn't even funny hair. Well, I mean, Zendaya's hair was pink. There was another one who had like a mop on his head. Like, I mean, was... That, that that was a wig that she was wearing when she performed. Like, she, she wasn't pink for the whole film. Oh, okay, fine. Like, okay. she had normal hair under that. Okay. So, I think it was just that 
she's an outcast, mm-hmm. probably, you know, because she's black. Yeah. And, well, they make a whole thing of that, but... And, 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 and then also, she can perform pretty well because she's got that whole routine that she does with the other black guy who doesn't get a line. Yeah. Well, no, she had a she had a backstory of sorts. It's like they're brother and sister and they're trapeze artists. So right, fine. Okay. But no, there were a lot of the back... So more of a backstory than most. In More than almost anyone, yeah. But I did notice that every time there was like a crowd scene with the quote-unquote freaks mm. it really was like okay here's three legit freaks and here's the rest of them were just like black people yeah. there's, there's no get there's no get around it that's all it was it was just like okay yeah what's your what's your abnormality <laughs> well i guess it was that you know I don't, I, I don't know every time i try and defend it I, I, I break my argument somehow i was gonna say that like i guess they're all minorities in different ways sure. but that's not what he's selling it as. And that's what people aren't coming. No, not going to see minorities. People are going to see people who look weird. Yeah. It's, it's a very strange setup, but yeah. yeah. So ultimately it's, it's exploiting racism, which yeah. like we've mentioned, it's the lighter side of things that he's done. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> but anyway, the act takes off. It works now. People start to come to the show. Oh, he also recruits Zac Efron to be his business partner. Yeah. Like he's a rich kid, isn't he? He's like, he works in the theater. He's, set to inherit a bunch of money. He's part of the upper class. Mm-hmm. And so I think PC Barnum needs him for his connections. Yeah. Because he's like, he's worked in legitimate theater. So he's got credibility that Hugh Jackman could never have. Mm-hmm. So he kind of hires him because the show is commercially successful, but it gets terrible reviews mm. or terrible review. Because this movie feels like there's one critic in the whole of the world. Like, <laughs> yep. there's this one critic who is desperate to impress, who just is apparently the only critic who writes for anything. Yep, and seems to go on tour with him around the he country. Go, yeah, he goes to London. He's just following yeah. him around, writing bad reviews constantly. Like, that yeah. would be really annoying, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, who knows? But yeah, he hires Zac Efron to try and, like, give them a little bit of legitimacy and to get them into some high society because... They're packing up the crowds, but they're getting bad reviews. And also they're attracting a lot of protesters as well who mm-hmm. come to the show and like, just don't like this. And they're trying like, they are, the protesters are your classic burning pitchforks at night <laughs> protesters. Like it's, yeah. it's very cliched. Yeah. So, get out of our town. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the act is a huge success mm. and uh, it makes them rich and famous. Well, it makes Hugh Jackman rich and famous because yes. as we mentioned, he moves into a giant golden mansion with his wife and kids. Mm-hmm. And all this time when it was shown the big mansion and all this, and I was like, where are the, where are the freaks living? <laughs> what, where, what, what's, the, what's he paying them? I don't know. What's his story? Like, maybe, maybe they all live in the, in, in, in the building. In the, I, I feel like they're not getting in this ec- an equitable wage in this scenario, considering they are all of the talent. No. But yeah, he moves into a giant golden mansion with his wife and, and then Zac Efron gets them a gig with Queen Victoria. Like mm-hmm. they, they travel to England yep. overnight somehow. <laughs> They get on an easy jet, who knows? And they, <laughs> and they perform for Queen Victoria. So they're all there and they're very nervous, but the queen is impressed. She likes them. And while they're at the palace, mm-hmm. and while they're at the palace, uh, he encounters Jenny Lind, yeah. who is the Swedish songbird played by Rebecca Ferguson. Mm-hmm. And she is the world's greatest opera singer. <laughs> <laughs> opera singer can't say that with a straight face no, can you she's she's the world's greatest soprano oh, the dear. amazing soprano voice it's, the world's greatest pop singer she's she Ke- the world's greatest kelly clarkson person yeah it's, it's, it's literally <laughs> just a kelly clarkson song but yeah. <laughs> or a eurovision song lots of these songs sound like eurovision songs actually yeah that's yeah, definitely I'll a vibe give you that. that yeah yeah so jenny lynn, lynn she introduces herself she is the world's most famous opera singer she's mm. a huge talent everyone loves her She's also, they make, she makes a point of the fact that she's, she's not rich because she's very selfless and she gives all of her money to charity. Mm-hmm. So she's a very 
virtuous, kindly person. Yeah. Until later in the movie when she becomes a vindictive bitch to just, who destroys his life <laughs> on a whim. So, like, so what's it? What, what's her deal? Like, I, I really don't know. But her like, character, she, she really, she really does turn on a coin flip, doesn't she? She does. Like, she's specifically introduced as being much nicer than him, and at the end, she like just ruins his life for kicks, for shits and giggles. Yeah. She's a horrible person at the end, but at the beginning, yeah. yeah. Anyway, but at this point, he's very smitten by her. And he's he really wants to take her to America and make her part of the act. Mm. Because, well, he says, everyone else is a fraud and I want to show the world something real. Yeah, he says that on stage in front of a live audience and all his circus performers. Yeah, which is like, well, sh- shout out to them. Like, yeah. <laughs> mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the, How's the bearded lady not real? She seems pretty legit. Yeah. She's got a fabulous singing voice. I don't, I don't know if like in the world of the film she has a fabulous singing voice or if that's just like for us because i don't know if her is her act because it's so hard to tell if we're supposed to be if what we're seeing is supposed to be what the audience is seeing Mm. so is she supposed to be bearded lady with amazing singing voice or just bearded lady i think she's supposed yeah i see what you mean i think she's supposed to just be bearded lady and the songs are just kind of for us they're not really what the audience is seeing maybe i i don't know (laughs) there's no answer yeah I, i don't get it because I, I would say she's potentially a better singer than even my, you know, Lady Who Mimes Rebecca Ferguson's vocals. Like, was, yeah, she definitely is. Like, she's a fabulous singer, but she's just like, oh no, Jenny Lynn's here now. She's, she can sing and have regular facial hair for a woman. So yeah, she's a winner. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, anyway, he promises to make Jenny Lynn famous in America. Mm-hmm. And so she joins the act. Or, well, she doesn't so much join the act as the act is now reshaped around her. Yeah, pretty much. It's like he's bur- he keeps like burning down businesses <laughs> and starting brand new ones. Well, he makes it sound like he's got two businesses now. He's got the circus and he's got Jenny Lind. Yeah. And so Jenny Lind is just going on a, on a tour. She's doing a stage show. Yeah, I guess he's like her booking manager her, for her booking agent or whatever yeah. for the Amer- this American tour. But yeah. then the circus is still just doing its circus thing separately to that independently of the jenny lynn show yeah that seems to be what it is because he 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 books out like an opera house it's a Mm. whole big event he makes the he makes all the freaks stay in the back because he doesn't want to be seen by all the posh people Mm -hmm. and so he's on stage and jenny lynn's going on to perform her first number and he's like god i hope she can sing yeah and i was like did you not attend one rehearsal (laughs) did you really sink your life savings and not attend a single rehearsal are Mm -hmm. you now genuinely worried that she can't sing like Mm -hmm. (laughs) but thankfully she can Mm -hmm. and she delivers the big ballad yep um i the, love hugh jackman's face in this <laughs> yeah, just like, it was like he discovered blowjobs for the first time it is like he's getting a blowjob <laughs> yeah he's got four blowjob face <laughs> yeah but yeah so she she wows the crowd even that one critic stands up and applauds so mm-hmm. clearly she's done what she was supposed to do mm-hmm. uh, and he's just completely smitten by her yeah. poor, poor long-suffering michelle williams is in the audience like mm-hmm. politely clapping like oh my husband's probably gonna sleep with this girl oh, yeah she's sad um <laughs> So yeah, he becomes more and more obsessed with the Jenny Lind show and starts neglecting the circus. Like mm-hmm. he, well, he fully shuts them out of the after party, which is incredibly rude. Mm-hmm. So first of all, he hides them in the shadows for the show, and then after the show, there's a big reception and all the it's full of posh aristocrats and like yeah. you know New York's finest, and the bearded lady and all the rest of the circus performers try and come in, and he just literally slams the door in her face. Yep very rudely yep but it's, it's okay because she gets a big song and dance number she does her this is me number and then she seems yeah. to move on and be fine it's weird how, how it doesn't have, doesn't come up again no she never like conf- none of the circus performers confront him about what a dick he was not even zach efron nobody nobody at any point calls him out like before he goes on the tour zach efron says like you know you're gonna need to sell 40 shows to make a profit on this are you sure mm-hmm. that's the only time anybody sort of 
remotely questions him. Yeah. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she does her big number anyway. It's 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 the centerpiece of the film. Mm-hmm. This is me. Now, I don't want to be that guy, mm-hmm. but I was very concerned about her boob placement throughout this performance. <laughs> <laughs> Do it expa- was expand on that. It was distracting, like yeah, because she's wearing she's a busty lady mm-hmm. and she's wearing this like corsetty kind of thing, like, yeah. And she's just doing a lot of this. She's doing a lot of like arm work, yeah. And it was just like I just I could just imagine the takes when it popped out. It just seemed like it was. <laughs> it didn't seem. I don't, it didn't seem secure. Yeah, that's all I'll say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, it was I'll, just. It was distracting. It, it, I'll I'll agree with you with that. It was very distracting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad we agree on that. Um, but it, it's a huge sensation. Anyway, uh, so he's touring with Jenny Lind, mm-hmm. and he's kind of neglecting the circus act. And he, he leaves Zac Efron in charge of the circus. Yeah. Um, Which, as far as I could tell, was Zac Efron's main reason for being employed. It was like, hey, you can be the ringmaster of the circus, mm. while I can go and do other business things. Yeah, he, he says he's like an which overpaid like, apprentice at which one Which, like, point. That, that's how you run a business. You run a business, get somebody else to do it for you, and then you go off and do something else. Sure. With, with, with yeah. your time. You know, maybe start another business or retire or something. Yeah. But I mean, Zac Efron doesn't exactly do a brilliant job at this. No. He literally burns the place down, but... Yeah. You know. But, yeah, so Hugh Jackman goes around the world with Jenny Lind. Zac Efron has a little side B-plot love affair with Zendaya, mm-hmm. who is the trapeze artist. Yeah. They get their song, which is... The most I always laugh at this film. This song really tickles me. I don't. I don't remember anything about the song. I, I couldn't hum the song, but the way it's yeah. shot is hilarious. Like, <laughs> so bizarre. The way they're just being yanked so ungraciously around that because they're doing yeah. a whole trapeze number mm-hmm. and they're singing this like very pretty kind of ballad, but they're just they would be they'd have broken they would have broken ribs. So, like they're just yeah. being yanked across the stage with these ropes, and it yeah. is it is so funny. <laughs> Especially because they are lip syncing these like this, these very pretty vocals, and mm. it's like literally like spinning and flinging and hurling and mm-hmm. falling, and and the vo- like there's no breath, there's nothing. It's just like yeah. it's like they're just standing there. Mm-hmm. It's, you have to watch it, but it it really tickles me the way they just get dragged <laughs> along with this. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. So they've got a really, you know what? I take that back. They've got a storyline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a really storyline. It's a storyline. Yeah. Um, it back a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a brief little storyline going on with these two where, like, for whatever reason, they both fancy each other. Mm-hmm. They're um, attractive people. Yeah. You can buy it, yeah. Um, Zac Efron just gives her a look the first time he meets her. Mm-hmm. Then her, her brother? was It her, It is her brother, yeah, the other that, trapeze artist. Then yeah. her brother just kind of gives Zac Efron a look, just being like, oh, be careful, mate. Yeah. Yeah, watch it. Mm-hmm. Then, like, at the opera, they hold hands. Zac Efron's parents look at him, and he's like, oh, God, no, I can't hold hands with a black lady. Yeah. And then the next scene, he doesn't really apologize. They just do the the rope act. Well, nobody ever has a conversation in this movie. No. <laughs> so. You know, they, so, so they do that whole trapeze act and that, uh, I guess that works for them. Yeah. And then they go on a date, bump into his parents and he says like, oh no, I'm going to, I'm going to stay with this one, even though you're, you're horrible to her. Mm-hmm. Well, they're like comedically and, racist to her and she runs off crying. Yeah. yeah. And, uh then that's the end of the story. It never, yeah, that it really and resolves midway through the movie and doesn't really come back. Yeah. There, there's no resolution as to what happened with Zac Efron's relationship with his parents or his no. inheritance. I guess he it's, chose true love. Yeah, but at the end, at the very end of the film, he says like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll invest my inheritance in your tent. Yeah. So <laughs> he didn't have yeah. to make any sacrifice? No, no, like, like there's no stakes in this movie. <laughs> there are no stakes, yeah. So so that's the biggest storyline. Pretty much, yeah. So him, him, him and Zendaya have their little love act, but yeah. then... 
some protesters break in at the end of a show one night and there's a whole fight mm. and then the circus gets burned to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Hugh Jackman is on tour with Jenny Lind. Mm-hmm. She makes a pass at him. He is tempted, but rejects it at the last minute because he yeah. loves his wife and she is very angry about this and hurt. So she vindictively kisses him on stage at her last well, performance. Well, f- no, first of all, she says that she's going to quit the tour. Yes. Which will ruin him because they needed to sell out like 40 shows or something for him to even yes. make a profit. Without that, he's going to lose loads of money and be in significant debt to the bank. Yes. So she quits the show early out of malice so that it will ruin him financially. Yeah. And she's then, a horrible person. Yeah. Like, just, he's not great, but she's horrible. Yeah. Like, But yeah, so just despite him just that little bit more, because she's just doing that one last gig and they are going to be on stage that one last time, mm-hmm. just as all the cameras are taking photos of them, she gives him a big kiss on the lips, mm-hmm. which... He's not into, but it goes in slow motion and all the cameras take loads of photos. Mm -hmm. And so then that is the front page of everything. So she has ruined him financially and she has tried to ruin his marriage as well. Yeah. Just because he didn't want to get with her. Pretty much. Very vindictive character. Yeah. (laughs) And and, and by the way, that's all out of nowhere. Yeah. And then she's never seen again. Yeah. Her plot is not resolved. She just disappears. So then he goes back to New York or wherever and uh well first of all get off the train say oh my god my kids have grown up and then like the circus is on fire so he sprints to the circus Mm -hmm. notice he's never out of breath in this film no there's a lot of running (laughs) he does he does run a lot i mean it's huge he's in in his he's still in probably logan shape yeah 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 Yeah, he's still 17 to 50 somewhere he's somewhere in the middle (laughs) middle ground yeah Zac Efron has already run into the building looking for Zendaya, who's not in there. No, this was this this really made me laugh as well. It was so stupid. Like, so the circus is burning down, and yeah. they all, all the, everyone runs out, and it's like, oh my god, where's Zendaya? And then Zac Efron goes running into the flames to try and rescue Zendaya, mm-hmm. and then Zendaya just kind of walks on from like somewhere else. She's like, yeah. oh, I was here all along. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then Hugh Jackman runs in to save Zac Efron, mm-hmm. and then the circus collapses. Yep. Like, like else, the entire roof yeah. of this building falls in. And everyone's like, oh my God, no, he's dead. Like Michelle Williams is crying. The kids yeah. are crying. And then he just walks out. Like, <laughs> yeah. But you never see him go. You know, most films would take you in with him. Yeah. You know, you'd, you'd have a good action scene. Of him, yeah. But this film was like, no, it's fine. No. It was fine. He just, he just survived. <laughs> That's it. It's just like, I thought you were dead. Nope. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. Yeah. But then Michelle Williams leaves him because she sees the front page. Well, it's not, it's, it's not even that. Like, if you actually sort of break down how that conversation goes, she, you know, she she throws the front page at him and like, yeah, it's got him kissing uh, Rebecca Ferguson on it. Mm-hmm. And it's got the headline, like, Barnum scandal or something. Or But he essentially, he's financially ruined. And so the bank are evicting him from the house mm-hmm. because everything was just a loan from the bank. Yeah. And he didn't ask Michelle Williams for that. And that's the reason that she gives as to why she's leaving. Just like... Like I, I probably would have said yes, but like you didn't ask me about getting a loan for this house, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, okay, so like you're not going to mention the kiss, and it never gets mentioned. No, true, it, ne- it never comes up. And well, I think that's like the kiss is the last straw, and then, I think the kiss and the financial mismanagement all come together. Sure, so, yeah. but, but she does seem more pissed off about the finances. I agree. Yeah, yeah it's it's which it's, I mean, the fact they've got kids, she's prioritizing. Fine, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, so then she goes back to live with her dad. Still looks just, still looks just, exactly the same. The same. Yeah. Hasn't aged today. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Hugh Jackman comes back or whatever, and everybody's happy. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't really have to fight hard to get her back. It's just like, oh, I've come to get you back. Okay, it's <laughs> it's never implied that they break up. 
they don't even have a song about it. He just literally goes to the, they could at least have had like every union song. Yeah. He just goes to the beach and goes, Oh, I still love you. She's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing is resolved. No. <laughs> and that's, is, is that the end? That's the end of their plot. Pretty much. There's a little bit more movie. Okay. Remind me. Um, well, so, well, I think I can't remember what the order is of him getting back with Michelle Williams and him getting his business back. Cause mm-hmm. it's all very rushed. But yeah. at, at a certain point he's in this bar mm-hmm. drowning his sorrows and the freaks come in. Oh yeah. I'm sorry so, to keep calling them freaks. It's just easier. I, I mean, like the circus performers, they come in and they give him this whole pep talk. So this is, they've not reunited with him since he said those horrible things about them on stage. And slammed a door in their face. Yeah. And slammed a door in their face. And then they had a whole song about how they love themselves or whatever. Yeah. This is me. Yeah. Yeah. And so now they go back in to forgive him. Babe. Well, not even forgive him. They don't forgive him. No. It's, it's not mentioned. It's never addressed. No. <laughs> they actually thank him for yeah. like making them feel like they're worth something. Yeah. This I'm, I'm like, this is like Stockholm syndrome, guys. This is like a real <laughs> problem. Like you, you, you don't need him. Yeah. Kick him to the curb. But mm-hmm. they give them this whole pep talk and there's a whole song and dance and they all get very drunk and they trash this bar. Yeah. Ownership. <laughs> ownership undefined. Yep. Who owns this bar? Don't like, know. Who's, who's alcohol are they drinking? Well, saying that, you've still got loads of pictures of P.T. Barnum's life. Yeah, on is the it wall. his bar? It must be. Okay. Another side business. When did he get a bar? This man is hustling. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's really hustling. He's... <laughs> the amount of like broken debts that if, and bad businesses this guy's got behind him. It's crazy. Oh, well. But anyway, so they all rally him a little bit and then they all kind of decide that they're going to stick together after all. After all. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of have a little sit outside the burnt down ruins of his shut of his show of his mm-hmm. museum and they're like oh well what are we going to do now how are we going to keep this together everything's lost and then zach efron's like oh it's okay i've got loads of money yeah didn't mention that before now but <laughs> i've got a magic money tree mm-hmm. and i'm going to give it all to you and we're going to buy a big top and we're going to do it in a circus tent well so they come to an agreement like let's do it as partners 50 50 mm-hmm. nobody else gets in on this no once again the freaks are completely fucked over yeah um all the talent none of the equity Nobody asks why Hugh Jackman's actually involved in this. Yeah. What is he bringing to the table at this point? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Nada. <laughs> Debt? He is white privilege embodied in this film. <laughs> yep. Yep. So yeah, he's he's in this 50-50 deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, then they come to the little realization, like, let's just get a tent. Let's buy, like, we'll buy some land, because land is cheap, apparently. Mm-hmm. We'll get a big tent. And uh, yeah, they start up a circus in a tent, which just gets more and more extravagant as the montage goes on uh-huh like it's got giant elephants that are painted gold mm-hmm. that are coming out well, and just like running around running around the tent how massive is this tent have you ever seen a tent big enough to hold an elephant no well also what about two elephants what about two elephants with space to run no i agree but also <laughs> i think they were part of the original act because when the original like museum or venue whatever mm. it is burns down you see elephants and tigers running around and lions oh, okay like, where were they for 95% of this movie? I, I, I don't know. Where did you get them from? Who's looking after them? I, I don't know. Undefined. Un, un, unexplained. But yes. But you're right. Yeah, it's a whole thing now. There's, there's, there's certainly more animals. Mm. And it's a big success. The show is a huge hit again. All the protesters seem to have gone. And so then it kind of, it goes into the song that started off the movie. Yes. Because the movie starts off in this situation, but then kind of fades into Hugh Jackman being a boy. It's A Million Dreams, is it? Uh, or, or, or do you mean the, 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 the big energetic one? Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, the greatest show, the greatest show, something like that. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so like they do this big number that's really enjoyable, mm-hmm. and then uh, midway through, Hugh Jackman walks out of the ring, walks up to Zac Efron, and hands him like his hat or something, mm-hmm. and says like, "This is for you. This is all for you." Mm-hmm. 
it makes it sound like Hugh Jackman is retiring and giving it all to Zac Efron. Zac Efron running out. What's Hugh Jackman retiring from? Like, I'm getting the impression that this is like their first show back in the yeah. new tent. And Hugh Jackman's like, oh no, this is for you. You do this. Wasn't that Zac Efron's job anyway? Wasn't he supposed to be the ringleader while Hugh Jackman is like the businessman? I, don't, I think he's supposed to be taking a step back to spend more time with his kids, but it's unclear. I agree. Yeah, yeah I like... I don't know. Why is he taking a step back? He just started this new deal where he's a 50-50 partner. Well, his kid has a ballet class he has to attend. He has to ride his CGI elephant to go and watch this kid do ballet. Slowest mode of transport, even in like the 1600s or whatever this was. Yeah, also, where does the elephant go? Like He, he <laughs> well, rides... Park an, outside. He rides... An, yeah, what, exactly. <laughs> is there a space for that? Like, do you need a license? Like... Is there a valet service for elephants? I don't know. Yeah, he rides a, a bad CGI elephant to his daughter's ballet class, which mm-hmm. is, yeah. I mean, that's embarrass- That's embarrassing dad move peak. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, and we end with him and Michelle Williams watching their daughter, who has not aged, mm-hmm. uh, do some ballet. Yeah, and well, uh, the other daughter is a tree. Well, the other daughter plays a tree. And that was it's, funny. It's happily ever after, yeah. And yeah. the credits roll, and that's the end of the film. This this was ridiculous. It's, it's it is ridiculous. It's it's very entertaining. I yeah. can't I can't say I begrudge it its success. It no. is, is it a good film? No. Is it an entertaining <laughs> film? Yes. Yeah. I think this this might be the third time I've watched it, and I, it won't be the last. Second for me, but same. Yeah. Yeah. I I could watch this again. Not yeah. not soon, but no. It's perfectly entertaining for what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I never liked your show. But I always thought the people did. They did. They do. Mind you, I wouldn't call it art. Of course not. But putting folks of all kinds on stage with you, all colors, shapes, sizes, presenting them as equals, or another critic might have even called it a celebration of humanity. Should we move on to drinking games then? Let's do it, yeah. Okay. So first I've got is Drink for Auto-Tune. Oh, very good, yes. Drink so it. much in this. I mean, that, that's got to be like a waterfall scenario, surely. Like, <laughs> I don't think there's a single song that doesn't make ample use of it. Right? Okay, then waterfall for every time it's Auto-Tune on like a long note. Yeah. Do you remember, I mean, she is a very good singer, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but do you remember at the Oscars when uh, Bearded Lady Lady performed that song and it was, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was yeah. unfortunate. Like, so... <laughs> I mean, it's a hard song to sing, so, you know. Well, yeah, because it's, it's not a good song. I mean, it, it's I think just it's not, very it's, catchy. It's, it's, it's got its catchy chorus, mm. but other than that, it's not a good song, and it just kind of builds and builds until it's just a, it's just a loud lady screaming at the it, end. It's a lot of, it's a lot of screaming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, that could also be its own drinking game, drink for screaming. Ugh, scream singing. Scream singing. Yeah. Yeah. I also had drink for cry singing, like sob singing. There was a lot of sob singing <laughs> in this the, movie. Okay. You know, when someone's like having an emotional moment, so they'll sing that same song, but they'll be like, <laughs> like uh, Jenny Lynn does it when she's singing her never, it's never enough, isn't it? Right? She's oh yeah. yeah. It. She's like, she, when she gets dumped by Hugh Jackman, she sob sings it. Yeah. There's some sob sing, uh, Zendaya sob sings at Zac Efron's bedside after mm-hmm. he gets smoke oh, inhalation. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot, a lot of sob singing. So, yeah. Yeah. So yell singing or sob singing or auto tune singing, mm-hmm. all the, all could be their own drinking games. That fire would have been a much better plot point if it made Zac Efron like a freak like deformed in some way yes he was he got like terrible burns and was yeah if like he wasn't this scarred. super handsome super rich white man anymore if he mm-hmm. like he just lost one of those things yeah sure even if it just like burns off his eyebrows just something yeah <laughs> just, yeah, just something slight yeah 
Did you notice that in the beginning of the film, Zac Efron was doing a really weird voice and then it seemed like it just kind of fizzled away? No, I missed it. I don't, I, I don't know. I just, it felt like in the early scenes he was putting on like a British accent and then he kind of forgot. <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> just great. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. I, I, I was distracted by that. That's the kind of energy I'd expect in this film. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Similarly, I have drink for lip syncing for your life. Yeah, sure. When someone is very clearly lip syncing, but it's fine. Like I, I'm here for lip syncing in musical films. I think it makes them better, mm-hmm. but it's not well hidden. A lot of yeah. times it's very obvious that they're lip syncing. Similar to that, I've also got drink for hard cut from or to studio vocals. Oh yes. <laughs> when it suddenly cuts from the film set to like a recording studio. Mm-hmm. And the whole sound mix changes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I never understand why they can't match it better. Mm. I just don't get, it's always such a hard cut when they do it. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a sound engineer. I'm sure there's reasons why it's hard, but mm. yeah. Well, Drink every time you spot that one white lady in the background. Oh, go on. The lady who's like albino, maybe? Oh, like the yeah. White yeah. Hair and the, yeah. She never has any dialogue. She doesn't have her own song. Yep. There's but no, she, but, but she's, she's always, always there. She, she really makes that extra role work. Yeah. She really gets what, her money's what worth. What was her thing? <laughs> I don't know. I no, guess I'm, that she was albino, yeah. possibly, but yeah. Considering she literally has no dialogue, she really got a lot of screen time. And I, I, I enjoyed just like, oh, she's she's here again. Drink. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah definitely. Drink whatever Hugh Jackman puts on in the new suit. Mm. Okay. It's a lot. Well, okay. So I had one similar. And this is a very dangerous one. And I do mm-hmm. urge people to use this one with caution. Drink every time someone takes on or removes a hat. I was just thinking <laughs> yeah. the same. Yeah. <laughs> Does a lot of hats on, hats off, hats on, yeah. hats off. <laughs> it's a big one in this. That is a huge one for this film. Yeah. <laughs> I think Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron swap hats upwards of 300 times in this movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they must if one of them has like knits, because you know, this is Victorian oh God, age, yeah, yeah. it's going to spread like wildfire. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, drink for abysmal, abysmal CGI. <laughs> like, so bad. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? I <clears throat> laughed so much at the, the guy, the, the little person on the horse. Yeah. It was so hilarious when he gets on the horse yeah and like he's just riding around i'm just picturing it when he's riding around and it's clearly just a little it's just the worst computer animation mm-hmm. it's so bad like mm-hmm. it was later on he's on a little elephant as well yeah the elephant just looks like it's made out of play-doh but the fast cuts of the horse are particularly funny to me because it's in the middle of a big production number it's oh, just yeah, happening yeah. in the background and yeah. it's just ridiculous but yeah <laughs> and of course the cgi elephants at the end but, yeah. yeah there's a lot of bad cgi in this movie yeah obviously mm-hmm. Drink for time jumps. Yes, we've discussed. They are frequent mm-hmm. and distracting. Uh, drink every time Hugh Jackman's kind of an asshole. <laughs> Just kind of makes bad choices, you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Drink for a wig, especially if it's Ooh. on somebody's face. There is, there is, there is some strong wig work in this movie. Yeah. yeah. We, we have bearded ladies' facial wigs, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zendaya's pink wig. We have Dog Boy. Dog Boy, yeah. Um, you could just drink every time you see a new freak. Like, you know, <laughs> they, they, they do keep coming. At yeah. one point, there's a guy with horns. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I clocked that too this yeah. time. I didn't notice him before. Yeah, they really ramp it up. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's multiple tattoo men. There are multiple tattoo men, yeah. Mm. And like I said, multiple people who are just like black backing dancers in silly wigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll do. Get out there. You can dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all for mine. Cool. I've got... Um, last one I've got here. Drink whenever Michelle Williams gets a scene cut. Mm. Actually, I did have... I did, this was too boring for me to include. I did put. I did write down in my potential drinking games, drink every time Michelle Williams is a wet blanket. So, same, basically. Yeah. 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 She's a real nothing in this, unfortunately. I think that... Uh, so, at the start, I said the best thing about this film is also the worst thing, that it's 
you know, it's a nice hour 45. I think if this was a two and a quarter hour, two and a half hour movie, mm. it would probably be way better if they filled oh, really? it, if they filled it out more, gave, gave it some more plot. Okay, sure. Like gave Michelle Williams anything. Gave Jenny Lind like some sort of motivation as to why she's just so horrible out of nowhere. True. I'm here for more Jenny Lind because she was like the singer they got was good. Yeah. I don't know if I really want them giving Michelle Williams like free extra numbers. I think that would drag this down significantly. Unless she also lip synced. <laughs> yeah. If she lip syncs, fine. But she wasn't in her one song. So I'm not really here for that. But I'm more mean just give her some. Give us some context, Jack. Yeah, give us some scenes where we see her like thinking and making some decisions and like, is like, do I love Hugh Jackman or am I just with him? True. She never gets any, she, she doesn't even get that. She doesn't even yeah. get a song where she's like, do I really want to be in this marriage? She's yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Two dimensional in this film. I agree. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of songs that they could have put in for like, especially that one. Cause like he just comes back from tour mm-hmm. and now she doesn't want to be in a marriage anymore. We didn't see that moment for her. Nope. We never got any insight into her relationship with her parents. Nothing. No. It's not. It's just not there. Yeah, I agree. He's there at the start. He, her dad's there at the start and at the end. That's it. Mm-hmm. Nothing in the middle. Um, yeah. Kids could have had more to do. Mummy, why is daddy always away? I mean, so I'm, not, I'm never here for more screen time for children in films. But I, I, get, <laughs> I, get, I get your point. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, cool. All right. So that's the end of the drinking games. Great. Uh, listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, we're mm-hmm. not finished yet, but if you've enjoyed it and you mm-hmm. want you want to listen to uh, a bit more, a bit more, then you can find extended episodes by going to patreon.com slash beyond the box set. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've got extended episodes of the main shows, but we also do a bonus show as well, where we review cinema releases and streaming releases. That could be said in a more succinct way, but whatever. Just, just power through, come on. <laughs> So also once a month we do Patreon episode, which is actually what this is. Mm-hmm. So we actually got one of our Patreons to come and pick this film for us. Uh, they were given the option to guest, but they didn't didn't want to in this in this instance, which instance. is fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you become a Patreon next month, you can do this. You can pick the best or the worst film that you can think of, and you can make us talk about it and pitch sequels to it. Yeah. And you can come and guest if you want to. Yeah. There are many Glenn Close movies we have not yet done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't really want to make that part of the selling point, but uh, yeah, no. sure. Um, yeah. So all that and a few bits more, all at Patreon.com/slash Beyond the Box Set. Indeed. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at ninety-seven percent Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager thirty-three percent? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, ninety-seven percent? Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. How do you feel about Juno, which is at ninety-four percent? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at twenty-five percent? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle? The towering 93%. Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Yeah. Sequels. Okay, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? What's your option? So I've got a fair few small ideas here. Okay. And uh, I'll be honest, you're not going to like it. So do you remember when we did Air Force One? How could I forget? A classic episode. And I just pitched ideas to 
uh, words that rhymed with one. Oh dear. <laughs> well, in this one, I just typed in words that end in man, just to do like the greatest showman. Like, oh God. Okay, please tell me you have slimmed this down a little bit because I can't listen to two thousand words that end in the word man. Well, you've exaggerated there, John. I only actually found one thousand and five hundred words. Oh dear God. Um, and I read them all. And uh, I've narrowed it down to a top 16. Okay, I can handle 16. <laughs> Hit me. Um, so I'll just pitch a quick idea, like a two-sentence idea to everyone here. Sure. So, the greatest wingman. Wing. Wingman, as in like... You go on a yeah to a bar, you're trying to pull a woman. Yeah. Like, I think that could be a good idea. Like the, a musical about the seedy world of dating yeah. from the perspective of the wingman, the, the perennial best friend. Now I'm thinking to cast Hugh Jackman in all of these roles. Okay. So Hugh Jackman is the greatest wingman to who oh okay interesting ryan reynolds well they do pair up a lot yeah they, yeah mm-hmm. ian mckellen yeah they've, they've played together before yeah yeah i like that ian, Mc- ian like mckellen it. yeah, yeah maybe that's a more fun maybe like ian mckellen's partner has like died after you know sure the, yeah after many decades together and he wants to get back on a dating scene yeah even though he's 85 yeah and, and hugh jackman's like come on i'll, I'll be your wingman yeah like we have Fabulous gay farce with Hugh Jackman and Ian McKellen. I'm here for yep. that movie. Yeah, you know? that, love it. Be really interesting. That'd be really fun. Yeah. Is Hugh Jackman gay? No, he's not. He's married to. Well, well, a lot of people like. There are a lot of rumors, but no, he's married yeah. to a woman. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The greatest caveman. The greatest caveman. That sounds dreadful. Uh, but <laughs> are you sure? Like, yeah. So, so, so it's back in time. Yeah. Yeah, back in time, and I'm going to say that Hugh Jackman has just basically invented music. Uh huh. Um, oh, interesting. Okay, so. Like inventing the wheel, he's there's no concept of music. He's mm, invented yeah. it, and everyone's like, "What is this devil yeah. sound?" But then, like, the more that he sings and like does these musical numbers, the more that everybody's feet start tapping, and they're like, "What is this thing that's going th- going through my body?" Whoa! Oh, that sounds fun. And maybe he accidentally discovers fire because their feet are like flames. Mm-hmm. Like someone's dancing on some dry wood, <laughs> <laughs> and then a really useful invention comes out of it. Yeah, I like that. That could actually be really fun. And yeah. he becomes the greatest caveman. He is the greatest caveman. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, the greatest Pac-Man. The greatest Pac-Man. So it's an origin story for the game Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, he is Hugh Jackman, like the inventor of Pac-Man, like a reclusive inventor who, you know, yeah, a video so, game designer. I mean, Hugh Jackman does not have the body of a video game designer. But nah, 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 nah. It's a it, it it's a Pixar kind of story where he plays Pac-Man. He is Pac-Man. He's the voice of Pac-Man. He is the voice of Pac-Man. Interesting. And it's like at a like a world championship Pac-Man contest or something. Okay. And there's multiple Pac-Mans all in different game consoles mm-hmm. and the best gamers are trying to, you know, get the best score on Pac-Man or something. This is a thing, a thing that happens. Yeah, sure. Um, and he is the, he's going to be the greatest Pac-Man. He's going to be the best of the bunch. And then there's, you, you're also going to have the voices of the four like weird shaped aliens that he eats. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It could be like, it could be like Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, the greatest hangman. The greatest, oh, that sounds dark. <laughs> yeah, sure. Maybe, maybe it could be like a Sweeney Todd sort of thing. Yeah. So is he an executioner? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. He could play. It could, it could be very Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Hugh Jackman is like an executioner. That could be very like Les Mis meets Sweeney Todd. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it could be like a very dark Tim Burton musical. And maybe he falls in love with somebody he's supposed to hang. Or somebody who's on, who's on death row. Someone yeah. on death row. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Get Helena Bonham Carter in or something. Yeah, sure. Right. Sure. Uh, the Greatest Snowman. The Greatest Snowman. Crossover with that movie that you want to let us review. The snowman with, um, oh. what's his face? Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. I've tried to bring it to the show multiple times. You keep vetoing it. Nah, I'm thinking more the greatest snowman is in, we're walking in the air. Okay, that sure. That snowman. Well, yeah, I mean, Hugh Jackman can sing. I don't think he can sing that high, but he could certainly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like to see him try. Sure. But like, if you remember, 
they all like fly to like the North Pole or wherever Santa is or something, and there's loads of snowmen there. Mm-hmm. So it's like the snowman games yes. or something. Um, I don't know, the snowman Olympics or something. He becomes the greatest snowman. Well, it could just be a live action remake of the the snowman. Oh, a live action remake of that. Yeah, because it's the kid <laughs> who sings that song, isn't it? Yeah. So maybe Hugh Jackman is the voice of the animatronic snowman. Yeah. And then there's a little kid who's the little kid, and then Hugh Jackman is you know taking him flying through the sky. That's yeah. cute. Yeah, it's cute. Good work. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, but the snowman's like super buff because it's Hugh Jackman. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's sure. a really sculpted snowman. <laughs> <laughs> One day he's got to lose it all. I know. It's, he's like 55. Like Yeah. The greatest doorman. The greatest... Do- as in bouncer? I guess, yeah. Okay. Bouncer outside of a club? Well, either a bouncer... Well, there's doorman you'd have a think of a bouncer outside of a club or like one of those people who stands outside like uh, Harrods, you know, where rich people shop and just yeah, does, yeah. Not, does nothing all day. Yeah. I mean, not, not to say they don't work. I don't mean they do nothing. I mean, like, you know, it, it's it's probably not the most exciting job in the world. So he could be like a doorman who's like sick of his job mm-hmm. or he could be a bouncer and it could be like... I mean, I feel like bouncer's got more potential. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, and Hugh Jackman looks like he could be a bouncer. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's barely. Mm, so, uh, let's see, where yeah. do you go with this? Well, maybe he's a bouncer at a gay bar, a gay club. There we go. And that brings in, <laughs> that brings in some musical numbers, you know? Yeah. And he gets, to, maybe he, he starts off as like a very maybe down. Maybe because like he's always got to be outside. He's got to be, you know, uh, guarding the, the well, He the, hears the, the, the music door. in the background. The, yeah. He just hears that there's lots of musical numbers happening inside and he's just constantly jealous. Yeah. Every now and then he looks in and there's like, there's people up on stage just like spontaneously dancing mm-hmm. um and he wants in but it's a different world yeah yeah so he's he's stuck being the greatest doorman um instead of being the greatest showman i like it yeah he, he evolves from doorman to showman yeah. yeah the greatest stick man the greatest stick man oh, interesting um by the way you can veto any of these sure well you did say there were 16 so if anyone's counting <laughs> you've really created a problem for my edit i'm not sure uh, i don't think there's much i can say for greatest stick man though unless it's like pictionary the movie yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking maybe somebody just starts drawing stick men and then it's a short animated movie that's just about stick men. Uh-huh. Hugh Jackman is just... Maybe it's just this, The Greatest Showman, but a stick man. Sure. Let's know. move on. Let's, that, that's not the best. Okay. The Greatest Henchman. The Greatest Henchman. Okay. I feel like this has got to be like a Minions or kind of thing. Okay. It sounds like it, it sounds like a Minions slash uh, Despicable Me kind of thing. Well, yeah, that's the same thing. Oh, the Minions from Despicable Me. Yeah. Sorry, I... I can't keep track of these things the young people watch. But yeah, I, think, I feel like that's the Sorry, vibe. Granddad. I feel like it's a kids' movie that focuses on the henchmen that normally are like red shirts that get killed. Yeah. Maybe okay. it's about stormtroopers. Yeah. Something like that, you know, just like henchmen who you expect to die, but one of them gets a storyline. And, you know, he doesn't, He. it's like, this is very Pixar. It's a henchman who dreams of, you know, better things, of being the hero. Mm. And it's the journey from henchman to hero. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. With songs and jazz hands. <laughs> The greatest stuntman. The greatest stuntman. Again, that could be good. It's a stuntman on like a movie set who mm. wants to be a star. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's on Mission Impossible and Tom Cruise is getting all the good stunts. Yes, it could be like a real spoof of Tom Cruise's, you know, famous megalomania. Yeah. Do you reckon he can get Tom Cruise to actually make play fun himself? of himself? I think you could, if you sell it as him making fun of himself, he's done that kind of before. Yeah. He did it in uh, Trop- Tropic Thunder-ish, yeah. you know, so yeah, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, so like Hugh Jackman is trying to be a better stuntman than Tom Cruise. Yes, even uh, though he's like, well, they're both in the film. Well, yeah. it could be fun because they're both way too old for this shit at this point. Yeah. It happened for a long time, <laughs> but they're both refusing to admit it. And yeah, as the movie goes along, they're both like having to come to terms with the fact that they're not young men anymore. Yeah. 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 No, I like that. Oh, Tom Cruise has some great lines. 
Just like, I will be the great stuntman or I will die trying. Yes. Because you know that's what's going to happen. Yeah, he will. We've had this discussion before. Yeah, Tom Cruise will absolutely die on set. I can't wait. No. (laughs) Wow, me in the Well, you know it's going to be a great film when that happens. Yes, it it will be the highest grossing action film of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The Greatest Chairman. The Greatest Chairman. Okay, that sounds quite boring. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm not being shaped. No, no, no offense, but that sounds like the chairman of what? Like the chairman of the board of directors? Well, uh, or... yeah, maybe, maybe he's the chairman of like the biggest company in the world or something. Okay, but he wants more. Maybe he already is the greatest chairman, but like he just wants to. How, how can I make? How can I be more? How can I be the? Is this like Elon Musk the musical? I was thinking more Donald Trump, but sure. yeah, it could be the. I mean, Donald Trump does not deserve to have Hugh Jackman <laughs> playing him. That's that's a fantasy too far. <laughs> yeah. But Elon Musk, like Elon Musk, the musical, you know. You know what? That's that's yeah, all right. That could work, yeah, yeah. Um, the great. The- so I'm still, I still can't get over the, the idea of Hugh Jackman playing Donald Trump. Like, <laughs> no, no. Um, it's like if you had seen that Kenneth Branagh is playing Boris Johnson in a new thing. What? Yeah, there's going to be a whole thing about coronavirus and um, like a TV HBO thing. No, nobody wants them. Nobody wants. No, uh, no, no. Nobody wants. No, nobody wants adaptations of like recent news, recent no. or current news. No, I agree, and especially like Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, that's that's not a good that's, casting. That's that is way too kind to Boris Johnson. Just get Matt deserve... Lucas and be done with it. Yes, exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm very annoyed at that. But anyway, anyway, carry on. Sorry. The greatest freshman. The greatest freshman. <laughs> is this Hugh Jackman? <laughs> is this Hugh Jackman in full kind of Steve Buscemi? Hello, young people. Yes. I mean, that, he has played way too young for a long time. I could see this. Yeah, Hugh Jackman has to go back to school. maybe. So maybe it's a what it's a classic Freaky Friday scenario. Okay. Yeah, where you know, like Hugh Jackman's got to switch places. He's with, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. yeah get some. Get some. Zac Efron's too old. He's like thirty-five now. Yeah. Get some young kid. You know, whoever's popular with the young people these days. To you know, a Justin Bieber type. Mm. To play. Even he's probably like thirty <laughs> now, isn't it? I don't know. I'm yes, old. You're so old. I am ancient. As if you know what the kids are listening to. Um, I don't know what they're listening to, but I know who's young. Sure. Okay. Well, there's some young actor who who's very popular right now. Yeah. Timothee Chalamet. Who knows? And they do a body swap. Yeah. And so Hugh Jackman is back in fre- as a college freshman again. Yeah. He's gone from like grumpy dad to college freshman, and he mm-hmm. yeah he finds that he really likes it, but of course his kid wants back in his own body and yeah shenanigans into you. I, I think, think I think at the start of the movie he should have a little foreshadowing line just like if I could go to school again I reckon I'd ace it. Yeah exactly yeah it's one of those. I'd be yeah. so po- I'd be the most popular kid in school and then yes, like exactly. and then it happens and he's like oh my god I'm not the pop- most popular kid in school how do he's I become the most popular yeah. how do I become the greatest freshman yeah I like that and then it's like Hugh Jackman in the body of a nerdy teenager yeah. who's not popular love yeah. it yeah that works. And then a nerdy teenager gets into Hugh Jackman's body yeah who's like suddenly hench yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see The Greatest Hitman The Greatest Hitman that could be a real real movie mm-hmm. tie it in with that Ryan Reynolds the, the Hitman's friend, Bodyguard the Hitman's Bodyguard yeah god that was a good film that was a good, they, ha, they are making a sequel aren't they mm. I think it's been delayed with Covid like everything but it is in the it is on the cards what's it called again The Hitman's Bodyguards yeah it's got a stupid name it's, it's got one more thing is it, is it The Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife something like yes I think it is yeah so something I don't know but yes so once again reunite Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. Yeah. <laughs> make them both rival hitmen. It writes itself. Yeah. It, that's the most generic idea so far. Absolutely. Um, the Greatest Merman. The Greatest Merman. Interesting. Yeah, I could see Hugh Jackman. It's a it's a shot-for-shot shot remake live action of um, The Little Mermaid, Disney classic. <laughs> but Hugh Jackman just plays Ariel and nobody questions Ariel. it. Ariel! Yeah, no, nobody's questioning. No, not Triton. He's Ariel. No one's questioning it. That's just how it is. 
he's good casting for Triton. He's great for Triton. He's got the bard, but yeah. uh, I, I, it'd be really funny if he was Ariel. Yeah. <laughs> Part right. of your world. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? <laughs> He'd have a really good time doing that. He'd be that. great. He could yeah. he could really camp it up. I'd enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. I could see him as Ursula. He could play all the parts. <laughs> Last one I got here, The Greatest Tin Man. The Greatest Tin Man, a remake of The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Again, Hugh Jackman plays every part. Yeah. Yeah. But he's the greatest at being the tin man. He's the greatest tin man. Well, maybe, okay, maybe he's not Dorothy, but maybe he's the tin <laughs> man, the scarecrow, and the lion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're all actually very workable. Great. I think that went pretty well. So You really looked out with that one. Yeah, so I'm calling that the greatest Hugh Jackman. The greatest Hugh Jackman. Oh, good save. Good finish. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Right, what have you got then? Okay. So I've tried something a little bit more traditional. My sequel is called The People vs. P.T. Barnum. Okay. And it's based on an observation that we've already made a few times. Which is that Hugh Jackman really seemed like he was ripping off those freaks in this movie. Big it time. It felt like he wasn't giving them their dues. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking at a certain point, maybe after years of doing the show and it's been a, a huge money spinner and Jackman's been checked out for years. Like, mm-hmm. This is after the events of the original film. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even show up anymore. It's all Zac Efron's gig, basically. Yeah. But Hugh Jackman's still taking 50% of the profits. Of course, yeah. And the freaks, the circus performers, they're still getting diddly squat. They're, they're basically making scale. You mm-hmm. know, They're just making a living wage. And so this movie is going to be about them realizing that they've been had and taken him to court basically for their earnings for like, mm. you know, to get their due. And it's like, maybe in this society, performers generally don't have any rights. And this is them like taking on a groundbreaking case yeah, to try to get recognition for the rights of entertainers and circus performers, basically. Mm-hmm. And Hugh Jackman's having none of it. And it goes to a trial. It's a classic, you know, it's a classic trial movie, you know, jury movie that kind of thing mm-hmm. but what i'm thinking is that can be like the framing device of the movie oh, okay i don't yeah. want a whole movie that's just in a court that's boring mm. but i'm thinking while all of the performers testify we can get their backstories mm-hmm. so i can really flash back because oh, okay. like, yeah. they didn't yeah. really get their stories no not massively. so you can f- touch on some of the more prominent of the performers and then mm. you find out a little bit about them so obviously the bearded lady is probably the most prominent of all of them mm, definitely so I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask for your help on some backstories here. Okay. My idea for the bearded lady was because her beard did look very fakey fakey. Mm-hmm. It did not look very convincing. No. Uh, so I'm thinking maybe it's a press on, but she had an accident with some super glue <laughs> when she was a young girl <laughs> and it just got stuck to her face. Yeah. And she had to just learn to live with it. Okay. So it's not natural hair. It's the result of a super glue accident. Right. Okay. Maybe so- she was like, she was really into disguises and costumes as a kid. Yeah. Maybe her dad owned a costume shop mm-hmm. and she was kind of, you know, she loved it there, but she was kind of ignored and she was always like lived in her own fantasies and her own imagination. Mm-hmm. And she loved dressing up in costumes and being a different person. Mm-hmm. Maybe because she wasn't all that pretty as well. So she like really wanted to fantasize about being someone else. So she loved dressing up as men or women or mm-hmm. all sorts. Yeah. But one day she super glues a beard to her own face and can't get it off. And then she's stuck as being the bearded lady forever. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> no, that, that's my backstory for her. But then I was thinking that maybe at some point, you know, so she's, that's her backstory. Mm. Hugh Jackman meets her, introduces her to the show. She becomes the star in turn. Yeah. And then maybe at some point during, you know, she, she obviously loves being in Hugh Jackman's show. She's getting applause every night. She's the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Maybe one night the beard falls off. Oh, you know, oh okay. You know, it's just grown through at a certain point, you know, enough skin has replaced itself. Yeah. Just falls off. Okay. And then she has to, is she stunning underneath? Maybe, but I was thinking more that she's like, 
she has to try has, she has to try and fake it it's just to, like glue it back on again right okay because she, she's become addicted to the fame yeah she, yeah, she, yeah, she yeah. can't go back to just being regular lady yep but it won't stick anymore mm. and so she's constantly having to pretend she's still got a full beard even though she actually hasn't right okay so what is it she's like elasticating it around her head or something yeah basically she's trying all kinds of different things but she for whatever reason for whatever reason the super glue that she glued to her face as a child just doesn't work anymore mm-hmm. and she can't make it stick yeah and so she's in this fight between who she really is and who she wants to be because that's all she knows mm-hmm. and so i guess in the course of this trial she has to admit that it's not a real beard mm-hmm. maybe that's a dramatic reveal like mm-hmm. this isn't even my yeah. real beard kind of thing <laughs> you know yeah that's all i've got but i'm just thinking for her i mean there's more characters but for her well maybe it's like she's scared that no one's going to accept her without the exactly beard. yeah she's become so attached to it yeah but then when she's forced to reveal that like it's it's not a real beard and she takes it off in court or whatever. Mm. Maybe that's the moment when everybody's like, Oh my God, you just took, you just took a, a step up. We are, we love you even more now. Mm. Or maybe th- yeah. th- 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 like you've, you've, you've shown us this vulnerable side of yourself. Mm-hmm. We love you for doing yeah. that. Or maybe she, maybe she expresses her truth about the beard through the medium of song. Of course. Does a big ballad. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And everyone's like, look, the beard's interesting, but you're a fabulous singer and your talent is what, we find so interesting about you. Yeah. Your beard's just a sideshow. Yeah. And then she realizes that because the beard's not really something she's achieved. It's just an accident. You know? mm. But everyone's like, no, you're a fabulous talent. And and she gets the attention that she becomes like a Jenny Lind type, yeah. but not as evil. So yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, she gets a bit of a redemption and learns to love herself and to value her own talents because she's not really a bearded lady. I love it, but it doesn't sound anything like what a sequel to this film would be. No, not at all. <laughs> I was stretched. This was hard. We, we both agreed this was It's hard. nowhere near complimentary enough to anybody who's, uh, who is Hugh Jackman. No, th- th- this sequel is, Hugh Jackman is very much just the plaintiff in this film. Great, um, great, great. But, I mean, I was, we both admitted before we recorded this was a stretch because there's not a lot of characterization. So no. just go with me on this. <laughs> yeah. So that's The Bearded Lady. Uh, next was Very Tall Guy, Irish Giant. Okay. Who I think is clearly... Three children in a trench coat. I was just about to say the same thing. It's Vincent yeah. Adultman from Bojack Horseman. Yep. So yeah, that's all I've got. But I like the idea that he is, he joins the circus as three young kids in a trench coat and then gets <laughs> brought into the act and just has to stay like that. Mm-hmm. And then again in court, he has to admit that that's who he is. He's three men, he's three kids in a trench coat. Yeah. And maybe the kids are reaching puberty and it's starting to become a problem. Like being, <laughs> that trench coat stinks. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a yeah. problem. They don't want to yeah. be there anymore. So that's it maybe they're all suing rather than trying to sue for his money maybe they're suing for emancipation from the show mm-hmm. maybe they're all like under a lifetime contract and they want to get out of their contracts and live their own lives and that's why bearded lady wants to make it as a singer uh well yeah and maybe like because they're all they're only getting a third of a wage exactly yeah, yeah. well i mean i mean everyone though the whole cast oh, right, the whole cast the whole right. cast is suing hugh jackman not for the loss of earnings but mm. to get out of the contract because they all want to do things that are on their own terms yeah. now so bearded lady wants to go and pursue her own singing career because she's like the breakout star mm-hmm. the three kids in the trench coat are getting too old and smelly and the <laughs> trench coat's disgusting and it's mm-hmm. just yeah so they want out yeah so yeah that that that's all i've got for them they're just three kids in a trench coat and their idea went awry i'm thinking zendaya and her brother mm-hmm. their storyline is inspired by a true story that i've read about on wikipedia mm-hmm. well i assume it's true uh so i'm thinking they grew up in a family of trapeze artists with many siblings, mm-hmm. but all the rest of their family died in chiffon-related accidents. Oh, okay. So they were doing their crazy high-wire trapeze act as a whole family, you know, mm. jumping and jumping and catching and, you know, swinging. Mm-hmm. But the typical circus clothes that you would wear, like big frilly dresses and flashy suits, 
aren't particularly well designed for trapeze art because you mm. need to be very free with your limbs and you need mm-hmm. to be very limber. Yeah. And so there was some tragic accident with the rest of the family where things got like their limbs got caught up in the dresses and the suits and the things mm-hmm. got caught and they all died. They all fell off the trapeze and died. Right. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like, you know, all at once or... or separate. I don't know. Maybe all in one single accident or maybe just over time, they all had the same accident, but mm-hmm. ultimately it's just the two of them left. Yeah. And they join the circus. They join Hugh Jackman's circus purely to make money to fund their research into trapeze safe clothing. Okay. Yeah. And this idea came because the first famous trapeze artist in recorded history, who mm. was, he lived in France in the 17th century and his name, and I kid you not, this is true. His name was Jules Leotard okay. and he invented the leotard. Right. Okay. He invented the leotard because it as a, as a safe form of clothing mm. for ergonomics, for, yeah. You know, trapeze art. Yeah. So I'm thinking that the Zendaya and her brother are working on safe clothing for trapeze artists, mm-hmm. but they don't have any money to invest into it. So they join the circus so that they can invest right. money okay. into yeah, yeah. developing this line of clothes. Yeah. And so they're suing to get off Hugh Jackman's show because now they've developed it and they want to take it around the world mm. and they become the inventors of the leotard, basically. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just a little bit of history. Like cool. How, well, the, how the leotard was invented. Oh, well, thanks for, thanks for that. Yeah. Learn to me new every day. Yeah, do. So I've got a few more written down, but I don't really have a storyline for them. So I don't know if you can help. If not, we'll cut this out. The dwarf, obviously a pretty prominent character. Mm-hmm. What do you think his backstory could be? We kind, we of, kind of see his backstory. Yeah, I was going to say. He's yeah. got a mother. He's obviously been shielded from the world. We, we know that he likes soldiers and he likes horses. Maybe for him, he really does get on board with the whole horse thing. Mm. And maybe he wants to go away and become the world's greatest jockey. Yeah, sure. So he wants to be the world's greatest jockey. And because he's so small, he's perfect for it. Yeah. Because jockeys are often small and they mm. have to be very light. Uh, but So that's why he's suing. And then he leaves the circus and becomes the world's greatest like grand, grand national winner. Yeah, he, become, he, he becomes like Frankie de Tori. I you know. do not know who that is. A famous like, jockey. That's all. Can, great. Yeah. So there's not, that's all I'd do. Uh, the world's fastest man. Have we got, is there anything there? What's his back? Is he really that fat? Is it all an act or? Uh, yeah, I definitely think it's all an act. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he's actually... Uh, malnourished in uh-huh. real life and it's, it is literally just all padding at one point you see Hugh Jackman put a pillow up there true yeah there was already an entire quilt up there sure yeah he's, he's, <laughs> he do, he's not actually fat at all yeah. he's just super sl- well or maybe he, he was he was really really hard on cash and he saw that advert for like people of interest to join the circus yeah well he did have the crappest act I think what was his act he just, was fat just being fat that's what I mean like there was yeah. nothing there was nothing really that made you but think that, but that's one of the classics that you see at a circus like the world's fattest man he weighs 700 pounds sure yeah but like I was like what's the act you know yeah <laughs> so yeah maybe he's faking it the whole time like he's he's moderately plump at worst yeah. but he uh, <laughs> or at best but he, he has to hide it but then Hugh Jackman's whole act is like well what can we do to like demonstrate how fat you are let's put you on a seesaw with like a, mm. an elephant or something yeah and so he has to try and find ever more creative ways to to be heavier to be heavier than he yeah, is yeah, yeah. yeah so all kinds of shits <laughs> in those pillows yeah yeah okay yeah I like that. that could be fun like, it's all him trying to hide it yeah mm-hmm. so basically i feel like the structure of the film is that they all have to testify against hugh jackman to try and get emancipation from his show mm-hmm. and in that they all talk about their own backstories and also their own hopes and dreams and at the end hugh jackman's heart melts and he realizes that he shouldn't be keeping these people locked down you mm-hmm. know They've got their own destinies to write and their own, you know, there's a, probably going to be a song about this mm-hmm. and he rips up the contract and lets them all go their own way and they yeah. all go and achieve their dreams. Yeah, that sounds yeah. nice. And that is... Uh, that sounds like a, 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 the sort of thing that P.T. Barnum would definitely do. Indeed, yes. <laughs> Not. Uh, so that that was the People versus P.T. Barnum. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. 
Cool. Should we move on to listener submissions? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, so we have a few this week. James Petrosky said, Showman becomes, I guess that means Hugh Jackman, the showman, becomes a Batman villain and we finally get a superhero musical. Ah, okay. So actually the showman himself. I can yeah. see that, like a showman as a Batman villain and his henchmen are all freaks. It's not a million miles away from like the Joker or the... It's It's been done to death in it Batman has, already. It where has like, kind it, of been done, yeah. Where, where everybody's a clown or a circus performer in a, mm. as a Batman villain. But but yeah, great. True. Yeah. Um, but other than that, seeing Hugh Jackman as the greater showman going against a Batman as a Batman villain, I'll probably tend towards like a Michael Keaton in a Tim Burton sort of Batman. Yeah, I think that's the um, vibe you want. But uh, yeah, no, I'd definitely be up for that. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. Definitely Uh, a musical superhero film. Yeah, Batman the Musical I could get on board with. Yeah. Definitely. That could be a thing that worked. Uh, Joseph J. Finn said, The Greatest Snowman. It's a sequel in which Harry Hole chases a taunt... Harry Hole from The Snowman, the Michael Fassbender movie. Sure. Chases P.T. Barnum, who has fainted his own death and moved to Norway to become a serial killer. Okay. I think that's basically just the plot of The Snowman. Great. (laughs) Adam Capitano said the greatest show woman. Maybe that's Michelle Williams finally gets a chance to shine. Oh, yeah. Maybe Hugh Jackman dies and she takes over. Perfect. Yeah, good work. I love it when he dies. Yeah. <laughs> in what <laughs> movies does Hugh Jackman die? Well, in that Logan. Oh, I love it when P.T. Barnum dies. But uh, he didn't die in this. Yeah, I know. It, wasn't, it was a terrible joke. It okay. didn't work. All right, fine. Uh, Tyler Petty said the greatest plowman. Yeah. It's a musical of that one Simpsons episode. That's Mr. Oh, Plow. Yeah, yeah. What's my name? <laughs> my name again is Mr. Plow. Yeah. That could work. Great songs. I was thinking of a cheese plowman sandwich. Of course you were. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Michael Renner said the the last showman, and it's about because the circus that he sets up, the Ringling Circus, which Mm -hmm. it it was a very famous and long running circus act that only got shut down permanently, like in the past twenty years or so. All right. So it could be about how the circus after P.T. Barnum dies, how it lives on, and eventually how it kind of falls on hard times and has to close down. Mm. Could be an interesting like story of the the, the last days of the circus. Mm, yeah. With like, you know, because I think what killed the circus act, the, the classic circus act is like animal rights, for example, because mm-hmm. they weren't allowed to use live animals in shows anymore. And yeah. So I think it just really brought them down. So that could be an interesting story. Mm. Uh, Mike Carey said, the greatest showman to the turn, Barnum becomes obsessed with adding a magician who specializes in a teleportation trick to his circus only to learn that he was the magician all along. <laughs> so I think that might be a slight spoof on uh, the prestige. Yeah. Subtle, but it's there. Yeah. He was the original magician all along. He was the original magician all <laughs> time. And finally, Maria Merriweather Truitt said the greatest shaman, the story of one horn wearing man's failed attempt to overthrow the American government and maintain his strict diet. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't quite get that, but I think feel like it's referencing something. Yeah, so. um, very good. Cool. Okay, so those were our listener submissions. Thank you everybody for those sequel ideas. We ask for your listener submissions every week, a few days before we record, by putting posts out on Facebook and Twitter where you can post your ideas. So make sure you like and follow our pages if you don't want to miss out. To listen to more episodes of Beyond the Box Set, you can subscribe and browse our back catalogue on any podcasting platform, including Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and many others, in all of which you can also leave a five-star review in the apps, but only if we deserve it, yeah, any of you feel like it. And as mentioned earlier, we are also available on Patreon, which is exclusively for the people who would rate us more than five stars if they could. You can find all the links in the description below or at beyondtheboxset.com. And next week, mm-hmm. Harry, we haven't discussed, but are we moving into a new season, mini-season? Is it February? It is February. It is February, yeah. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. So it's time for a new mini season. Yep. And we've decided to revisit one of our classic mini seasons. I think it was our first mini season. Yeah. And it's one that certainly has a lot more to go on. So we are going to do a season on musicians, singers, rock stars, pop stars, whatever, who also act. So, or who also appear in a film. Who also appear it's, in films, who attempt to act, who believe yeah. they can act, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes. So I will kick us off Yep. with someone who's kind of 50-50 singer and actor. Okay. Uh, someone who we have touched on before, but I think definitely there's a lot that we haven't covered yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the fabulous Bette Midler. Okay. Who we last saw, I believe, in uh, Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to select a film that's definitely been on my shortlist for a while. It's a very mm. fun film from the 90s called The First Wives Club. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Have you seen it? Nope. Great. I think it'll be fun. Cool. I hope it'll be fun. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, I look forward to watching it. Great. Cool. So listeners, join us next week for The First Wives Club. Yeah. Right. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks for... Listening. Thanks Thanks for listening. Thanks, yeah. thanks for listening twice, everybody. Yeah. And uh, see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.